is beautiful. Titan was like most planets. Too many mouths, not enough to go around. And when we faced extinction, I offered a solution. Genocide. But random, dispassionate, fair to rich and poor alike. They called me a madman. And what I predicted came to pass. Congratulations, you're a prophet. I'm a survivor. Who wants to murder trillions. With all six stones, I could simply snap my fingers. They would all cease to exist, and I call that... mercy. And then what? I finally rest. And watch the sunrise on a grateful universe. The hardest choices require the strongest wills. Now, the clip you just heard was from Avengers Infinity War, in which the great big villain, uh, Thanos, of the planet Titan, decided that he would kill half of living creatures throughout the universe, half of all of them, in order to give the remaining half the resources and space to thrive without the threat of overpopulation. Now, Siobhan, why are we listening to this clip? Well, we came together to record today and you were wearing, you're wearing right now a t-shirt that says Thanos was right. Mm -hmm. And I said, we need to discuss this. <laughs> we need to discuss this. Um, it's very interesting when people talk about overpopulation. I think that's a term that's kind of been kind of swirling around in our public discourse. And um, as someone who, is a scientist and want to, wants to look at, uh, sort of examine the rigors of an argument. Let's just say overpopulation were true. What are we doing to really test that that is, is actually true or, or rather we can accept that theory because we have a lot of waste in the society, a lot of food waste specifically. So when you say that you're going to wipe out half the population to give the other a chance, I mean, I go to a supermarket and there's mad food there. There's, I mean, probably bushels and bushels of fruits that they're throwing away um, every week or every two weeks. I know for me, like sometimes I am really determined to make a parsnip puree and yet uh, those wither away and die in my refrigerator and I throw them away. So that could have fed somebody. So I think that the the argument that we have too many people and not enough to go around, I think, is uh, fallacious considering the way that we live. Mm -hmm. So you're of the mindset that it's more of a issue of allocation of resources rather than the quantity of resources that are available to us. Uh, uh, yeah, there's there's people who have access and people who um, have either no access or there's a very strong gatekeeper between them, whether that's money or distance um, there's some people who just cannot get to the bounty and there's people who are living at the center of it. Yeah. Okay. I can respect that. And for the record, uh, just so we're clear, I am not in favor of genocide. <laughs> there's no way to dress it yes. up. Yes. Uh, I'm just wearing this shirt because, uh, uh, I follow, uh, the black guy who tips and this was a, a shirt that he produced and I thought it was really cool and I liked it. It was, it would challenge my notions after I saw infinity wars and it just, it's a really dope shirt. Just, keeping it simple and that's the reason why i'm wearing it but if i were to say that i agreed with thanos i kind of understood where he was coming from 
you're talking about someone who is kind of like a, he says, like, I'm telling you guys, this is going to happen. There are too many people here. We need to get rid of half the people on the planet. And then he's like, no, that's crazy talk. We can't kill half the population. And then it, he ends up being proven, right, that there is uh, a, pro- a, pro- um, a problem with the amount of resources that were going around. I can see why him having to witness the death of his once great, not not even country, not nation, but planet, like the people he loved, the home, the entire world that he knew just decayed because of overpopulation. I can understand the motivation. For Probably that. true overpopulation. Yeah, true. Like literally there's a finite amount of space and we produce way too many people. And, you know, there have been times where I've questioned whether or not I want to have kids because I'm like, oh, overpopulation is a problem in the world. Uh, do I really want to contribute to that? But then you start thinking, you know, the Duggars got 21 kids. Why should For they real? get to have kids? Exactly. Why, they, they got 21. You I, know, I should have a, a, a kid or two. <laughs> What's my two kids going to do? I mean, you have these people where, you know, let's say they get together. Can you imagine the impact that they have just basically traveling to one space? Mm-hmm. They go to an old town uh, country buffet and, you know, they take up a whole section. Yeah. They got to have their own servers. Um, yeah. So you then you end up in this situation where, okay, I was proven right in this case. So now I'm going to go to the extreme and go to every planet in the universe. And not even every planet. I'm just going to snap my fingers just like that. Half of the universe's population is gone. I can understand that in the terms of this fictional world that they've created, why you would do that. My issue with that was he said it was quote unquote random, but anyone who recalls the military draft would tell you there's nothing random about that. (laughs) It is just far too commonplace that the people who end up drafted are the masses who are poor Mm -hmm. are the people who are already bearing the brunt of that poor allocation of resources Mm -hmm. and the elites who dine, uh, who thrive. They're not the ones that are getting drafted as often as the ones who are the poor. And even if you do like the math where you're controlling for population and size and all that, it still gets to a point where the people that are most likely to suffer this are the people who are already suffering. So if you're going to wipe out half the population, don't do it random. Be selective. Wipe out all the vice. Wipe out, wipe out all the dictators in the world. Wipe out all the people who created this structural inequality that causes us to have this bad uh, allocation of resources. Well, I, I think of this song, um, and we learned about it in school, like probably one of the only useful things. <laughs> um, this song, uh, It Ain't Me, I Ain't No Senator's Son, um, ref- you know, was produced during uh, the Vietnam War saying that I'm not able to buy my way out of this, that, you know, there's also there's a, a category of literature that's all around, you know, the draft and and what the experiences of these young people are. Um, a separate piece, I think, focuses a little bit on, um, you know, we're, we learn a lot more about like mental illness right now. And, you know, there's people in your family who you don't, you wouldn't have even categorized them as mentally ill, but you know, now that you, you have the terms for it, you know that there are certain people who are keeping those, um, are guiding those people. There, there are certain very important people in place who are able to give someone perspective. You know that some people where um, there's others that they can't live without, really. Mm-hmm. They need that support system. They need that support structure. And I think 
the infrastructure that isn't there in certain communities will be uh, really deeply affected by having half the people gone. Yeah. And uh, and I totally agree with that. And you, you're kind of making me uh, reinforce that even in the fictional world, I probably shouldn't be agreeing <laughs> with that. Also. Uh, because uh, one of the consequences that we see on a personal level, on a, like a direct human level, uh, spoiler alert if you haven't watched Avengers Endgame, but I mean, if you haven't watched it by now, you you slacking, bro. For real. But uh, if you haven't watched it, um, there's a scene where we see uh, Hawkeye, his entire family yeah. just ends up happening to be in the random half. So he loses, uh, was it three children? He, I, or, yeah, I think he, he loses at least yeah, two, two or three. Two, two sons and a daughter, I think. Yeah, and his wife. And his wife. So literally his entire family. And he descends into madness. And he has like a bloodthirst where he just goes around. He is just wilding out. Yes. So you lost half the population from Thanos. I think at least another 15% were cut off because of what Hawkeye did afterwards. Exactly. And that's what I'm talking about yeah. is people who don't, they don't have that mental stability to be able to exist without like that support system. And so when they don't have that infrastructure, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So now let's, let's take a, let's analyze the uh, um, effects of this in New York City. Okay. New York City doesn't run without uh, a certain number of bus drivers, a certain number of train conductors, track maintenance people, mm -hmm. uh, baristas, um, uh, restaurant back uh, uh, workers and support staff. Uh, you need, I don't know if you need the police, but you know, that's not the conversation. You do need firemen because there's always a fire somewhere in New York City. So, but imagine if tomorrow we lost not only half of them, it could actually be more because this is random. They don't say, okay, we're going to take half of the firefighters. No, they're going to take half the population and, you know. It might be a whole firehouse. Yeah, we might lose all of Staten Island because that's, or that's where all the firefighters live. <laughs> um, it, it can be an entire family or an entire firehouse because they just had, all of them just happen to be it's, in it's the randomized. random half. Yeah. And so we, we're always seeing it like half oh, half of this village. No, but it can be like, you know, um, like with Hawkeye, his whole family. Or you can have um, some people where no one out of a very greedy and a very rich family. Yeah. Just imagine like the people who own Walmart, none of their people end up mm -hmm. being randomized. None of the Kardashians end up on the list. <laughs> oh God, how damn did it. That, how did that happen? Did ha Yo, Kris Jenner, you a legend. You, <laughs> you even pulled off keeping your kids from Thanos. I, I respect the hustle. Oh, for real. I mean... I can't say too much about it. Like just somebody said that they had a meme on, on Instagram. It was like, she was at the OJ trial. And so she's married to, of course, the Cardassian, the lawyer. And she's with, um, at the time, um, Jenner. Mm -hmm. You're not going to refer to her as, um, her former name, but she's with Jenner and says something to the effect of she is with her husband at a trial for her, side guy with her new guy and it was like whole level a hundred percent so props to so she wants to negotiate it she's like yo <laughs> take oj leave all my kids and my grandkids like respect to you chris jenner but <laughs> but and to that point like what if you you know look, look at a hospital you know okay you lose half of your staff that's crazy enough but what if you lost like the specialists because you know yeah. there's a limited number of people who can do a specific type of heart surgery in the world and when you're that patient who needs that surgery and they say sorry 
the three of the 27 people in the world capable of doing this lived in New York City. One, two of them were at our hospital. Both of those got Thanos. <laughs> and now you, you can you can the guy in uh, like Kenya who knows how to do this? Can he get on a plane and get to New York City in time to save you? No, because he had to go to Germany to do the same thing. Yeah, and or then he, he was in Australia the week he before. Has, he has a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> and you think about something like a specialty like ophthalmology, like there's not a lot of specialists for ophthalmology. Just think about like, you know, children's hospital where there are a lot of specialists there. Like that's, we always think of it in terms of half the population. When we talk about overpopulation, there's always something very coded about it because we're not talking about overpopulation of, you know, children in the suburbs, white children in the suburbs wearing um, do rags, you know, doing wave checks. We're, we're not talking yeah. about those half of those kids. Wave check, wave check. <laughs> I'm about to get dizzy with these waves. We're not talking about those. We're, I think a lot of time it's coded as black and brown overpopulation there's too many there's africans too many, too many indian kids like and we, we're kind of comfortable with that idea but i think really behind it is sort of a supremacist view that like we we need to, we need to cut back on, on what these what these people are bringing us down mm -hmm. i mean the royal family like how many res how much resource is like the english royal family using you know uh some of them got three kids and you imagine how big like one of their kids' bedrooms is. Mm. You know, they don't have bedrooms. They have chambers. Chambers, that's yeah. right. Quarters. Quarters. Um, so when when we're talking about overpopulation, we have to be careful about like, you know, what we mean. And I think when we're talking about half, I think a lot of people initially are very comfortable because they're they're pretty assured of what half means. Mm -hmm. But that half is, is not what you think it's going to be. And so I think... Um, since there's so many ideologies about how to reduce our waste, how to how to build like a, a better future for our children um, by uh, cutting down our consumption, um, what Thanos does is nix all of that mm -hmm. and say like we're not going to argue, <laughs> right? We're not arguing if it's you know we're talking essentially about genocide, and he says half, just half, half of everything, anything that you love. So are you ready to deal with that? And I don't think any one human is going to um, to really part with it. Um, and spoiler, of course, if you didn't see Endgame, a lot of these uh, being kept away from the stones, you realize throughout the story, it hinges on the life of one person. And that really like strengthens the arguments. You're willing to give up part of the power to eliminate half the universe for one person every at every turn it's one person's life that stands between thanos and a stone and they're willing to hold on to that one life for that stone so that that kind of illustrates the problem with humanity is that we are willing to put the deeds uh, the the um the needs of a billion people bef like second to one person you know, and if you think about it like uh, a Vulcan sort of point of view, this is one famous line from from uh, Spock: "The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few." Exactly. Yeah. And so, when you when we say like Thanos is right, it's it's kind of to say like if if we're going to build a better tomorrow and we're going to 
uh, eliminate causes of destruction of the planet, removing all that ideology and taking half, this is, you got to be ready for that. We have to, I think it's a metaphor to say we got to be ready to make a very difficult choice. We got to be ready to, to give up a lot of comfort in order to have a better future. And he's like, since you are not going to make the decision, since you're too busy arguing, I'm going to make the decision for you. And we, you know, you lose a lot. Of, they lost a lot of people, a lot of great people. Um, Ant-Man lost his whole crew. Hawkeye lost his whole family. But then you have Tony Stark who didn't lose his wife and was able to rebuild. Yeah. Is Tony Stark like the biggest, you know, dick in the planet, right? Um, he's, he's, he ended up in, in a cabin in the woods. You know, yeah. so. And like we saw a half of Wakanda go. Like, how did I don't even get into that. But mm-hmm. I think it was kind of messed up that the entire royal family of Wakanda just happened to be taken. You know? Mm. And then, you know, this raises some questions about like uh at the end of Endgame when the those people are, are restored essentially in this mm-hmm. timeline, um how do you cope with that? Like all of a sudden you re not you didn't uh you recalibrated how you were gonna run your world, run your countries and your cities. And now you have to reaccommodate those people. So, like, if I remarried uh, while after my previous wife was taken from Thanos, do I now have to go back to her? What's what's to say of the new relationship I've built with someone in the past five years? I might have kids with this person now, and right. now you've just made it worse because not only do all my original kids back, I have more kids. I have two wives now. I've got two homes that I need to sustain because those yeah. women probably aren't going to sign up to live together. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, maybe it did. No, no, sorry. Uh, yeah. Now nah, we ain't doing that sister wife thing. Baby, nah. baby, don't worry. I'm not trying to have two wives. But uh, <laughs> you you create these new problems, these new yeah. hurdles. So in the end, you kind of like messed up the world that was already on the that was already on a path of destruction. You might have accelerated or worsened it and made it less likely that you could fix it. And at the end of the day, if you have the power to snap your fingers and kill half of the universe's population, why don't you just snap your fingers and expand the universe and create more resources? What? <laughs> that seems like <laughs> such a simpler idea. Plot twist. That doesn't require genocide. <laughs> oh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, because I'm excited now. So we're going to have more planets? I want a black planet. Like the website? No, I... <laughs> Can we call it Negros? <laughs> oh, you mean a planet for black people? Oh, yes, people. a okay, planet okay. for black yes. people. Yes, yes, yes. That's I would sign up for that. You know what I would absolutely because I I think about I think about a lot of different things when I'm you know sort of trying to escape my regular life at work. Um, I think black people. Can you imagine how we would build a world differently if it was accommodated specifically to black people? Mm-hmm. I think about like you know like hospital scrubs when you try them if you have big hair. That, the way that that neckline is cut is for people who have flat hair. Mm-hmm. That the, the default is white. White, or rather, I'm not going to say white. We'll say straighter hair or looser hair textures. Um, I think black people would be excellent at acoustics. Because, you know, we loud as hell for no reason. Yeah. But if you build a building where it basically just, it doesn't reflect sound and you almost have sound dampeners, then I can be as loud as I want in the break room. Mm. Yes. And and no one has to hear it. And you know what? 
instead of putting fluoride in the water, we could put alkaline in there hey. so we can restore our bodies Dr. to our Sebi. natural <laughs> <laughs> Where that statue at? Yeah. But, like, uh, that's that's true, though. Like, if we had... Because, like, you think about uh, Africa, right? It's mm-hmm. got all these resources, all these yeah. natural resources, all this potential. But Africa was divided up and split in among European powers to make them superpowers and make mm-hmm. them prosper. How different would Africa be right now if colonialism didn't exist and they were allowed to advance and thrive and not be subjugated for centuries? Now, imagine that on a global scale, an entire planet of people from Africa allowed to... And in the diaspora. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah correct. Allowed to build a new world for themselves. Mm-hmm in a way that reflects their needs, their beliefs, and allows them to thrive. That's uh, it, it's extraordinary because I, I think it's there's going to be a new professionalism at work. There's going to be a new um, conversation around blackness in the absence of white supremacy. There's going to be a, a new envisioning of who we can be. Um, and I think about when when we have a proximity to whiteness we kind of have to double down on blackness to kind of it's it's a very strange thing to kind of oppose it and we don't want to it's like when when you're a, a black geek or you listen to rock music and it hasn't been something that that we've kind of thought about in our blackness in terms of it as as being um a part of it mm-hmm. you um you feel like an outsider like Lenny Kravitz he is very much like yeah, that's that's natural. And so I think initially we don't really think of those things as natural. And if we have our own world, we kind of think like, damn, we, we really can be anything. We mm-hmm. we can take our horses to the old town road because <laughs> yeah. that's what we did. And just being able to learn our history and to learn just the well-roundedness of this and become a people where we run the gamut, that you can have a Tiffany Haddish and she is respectable and valued as who she is. And she doesn't have to code. And you can have um, someone who's very highly intellectual and um, a square. And she's still black. And there's no reading of her trying to be white. That her being who she is, is black. Like, mm-hmm. black is from A to Z and even further. That's what I would love to see. Yeah, so your blackness can go from Amanda Seal to uh Cecilia Zazad. I can never say her name right. I apologize. Uh, I'm gonna get that right. Uh the girl from SNL. Um uh the the black girl that was on there. Cecilia. Yeah, you, 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 know you look you look about. it up. You look uh, it up. <laughs> like yeah, the black like, girl from SNL. Well yeah and that's the point. Like <laughs> I know. <laughs> in, on the planet of Negros, everyone on SNL would be black. Uh on the planet of Negros Every university would be an HBCU <laughs> and you would get those benefits like of not having to ponder uh, your blackness on top of finding out who you are. 18 to 22 is supposed to be the, the years that you discover yourself. But mm-hmm. when you're constantly in uh, a white space and have to throw that on top of it, it complicates things a little bit or makes it less welcoming and mm-hmm. distracts you. Uh, imagine how much further along you could go when you don't have to apply that brain power yeah. to fitting into the world. And that's why that's why like a lot of times people go to HBCUs 
They can be a little bit annoying about how telling you how great it was, but you believe it because you understand that instantly. Yeah. Like they will constantly say like, oh, you, you didn't go to, you went to PWS. You don't understand. I'm like, you're right. I don't understand. And I can, I can respect that. Mm-hmm. So if not only, but the thing is when they graduate, they have to, they get forced back into the, the world just like the rest of us. Yeah. So they go from one extreme to the next where you're in this surrounding black space of love and in support and discovery and then you're just right back to square one where you're in the dominant underneath the dominant culture again so imagine if the entire world was fit for you and you didn't have to ponder and worry about that that would be a total game changer yeah i think um and then maybe in some respects we might find um different ways to you know let's let's say we we have twice as much space right Mm -hmm. there's some people who might choose to say no i want i want my own space i want to be isolated and there's some people who just now that we have the room, like there's room, yeah. and now I now I can be. Mm-hmm. And there's I th- I think a lot of people who would choose not to leave to say like you know what no this is this is where I was born this is my home and you know I absolutely I'm gonna make this now now that we have the space we have the room we can think we can breathe let's build something here mm-hmm. you know and and to be able to look at the world in an objective way to say like you know what. Now that there's space, I'm going to build this here. And this is what I always wanted to do. So I think that that's cool, too. Yeah. And so for the people who did decide to leave, um, it's not permanent. Uh, I, I assume your, your passport is still valid. You sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I can tell you one thing on Planet Negros. We will have our own immigration system mm-hmm. because uh, we're going to be selective of who's allowed to come in. <laughs> it's going to be more strict than the cookout for sure. Yeah. Um, I can tell you right now, um, there there are certain people on planet Earth who will not be welcome on Planet Negros. Uh, uh, absolutely. This It's going to be a very strict like Ellis Island out there. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. It's going to be Idris Island or Elba Island. Oh, my God. And you know why? Because <laughs> we're, on the, we're talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In Thor, Idris Elba is the guy that manages the gate. Oh, the black gatekeeper. The black gatekeeper. <laughs> High five. We're, we're doing that on the planet. Yes, of Negros. we are. Elba <laughs> Island. So, and then just be asking people like real trick questions. Like if you're, if you're at a cookout and you have to eliminate one artist, which of the following would you eliminate? You have the choices of Frankie Beverly and Mays. You have the choices of Earth, Wind and Fire. The choice of MC Hammer and the choice of Hall and Oates. Who are you eliminating? Uh, I don't know, Andrew. I mean, uh, I, I guess uh, Hall and Oates. <laughs> Wrong answer. Hall and what? Oates. Yes. I know you. I see what you did there. You just assumed because Hall and Oates are white that we would get rid of them first and foremost. Nah, you're wrong, bro. But see, what you fail to understand is that. Black people love hauling us. <laughs> Play some one-on-one man eater. Wait for me. Let that come on at any cookout function. You're gonna see tons of black people singing along. Of course. Yeah. So hauling notes got to pass, and we know we're not getting rid of Earth, Wind, and Fire or Frankie Beverly Mays. So MC Hammer would be the one to let go. Uh, no, it's nothing personal, Hammer. I'm sure you would make the same decision. Uh, of course, you're like, nah, man. I, I'll take the cell. It's fine. Yeah, Hammer's just like, that's cool. I'll just chill out here in Oakland. Yeah. Uh, y'all have fun on that, gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll come try to visit one day. Yeah, I made my money, yeah. so it was yeah. fine. 
They're about eight. Okay. And the next question that we would pose to them, hmm, what's, what would be something that you can definitely use to, to keep out the riffraff? Hmm. I think it would have to be a question, um, probably defining blackness because we're, we're talking about Lenny Kravitz. Um, name a form of music that was not developed by black people. Name them within the, the 20th century. Let's isolate it within the 20th century. Name a form of music that was not developed by black people. Um, bluegrass. Wrong. Wrong. <sighs> Incorrect. The correct answer is there is no music in the 20th century that was not developed by black people. Oh, you're right. Because bluegrass was just an offshoot of country and the blues and black people invented both of those. Yeah. Oh my God, I, I just realized. And then you can do the same for rock music because everyone knows black people invented rock music. And R&B, so, rhythm and blues. Yeah. Oh, I got one. Post Malone. I mean, that's <laughs> that's his own thing entirely. I mean, come on. Oh my god, Post Malone. You know, I I just have to say real quick. Um, I love the entire situation that is going on with Lil Nas X. It it fills my spirit um, in a way that I can't describe because um, here is someone who is subvert subverting the establishment and saying. I'm about to make a country song with, you know, sort of country elements and put it on a trap beat. And it reached number one. And Billboard was like, oh, no, 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 this is not, you know, this is not country music. This is not, you know, proper country music. Despite the fact that, like, there's a lot of country stars who have crossed over into pop music and are still able to be on country charts when they are no longer, they no longer have that sound or that motivation anymore, that, that sort of image of a country music star what they th typically think of at the point. Um, so despite other people being able to stay in, have their feet in the country music scene and not actually be playing country music, you have someone who is actually producing sort of a country song and not allowed to do that. So the fact that he got the most country MF he could find to get on the remix to me is just, it's magic. And he went to number one again anyway. That's... It speaks to me like I'm my me I'm 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 playing it in the house and that's part of the reason why I love the weather getting nice right now is I'm just gonna just violate um, noise ordinances and just um, play Old Town Road really loud in in white neighborhoods. <laughs> just uh, it speaks to me. So shout out to Lil Nas X for um, letting these folks know like a hoot nanny can also be crunk. If you can't understand some of those intricacies, then we can't, you can't be a part of this. Not at all. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely the way to go. And with that said, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this special bonus episode. And yeah, we know that you cannot kill everyone in <laughs> the, in your, in the world, in the universe. So we will not advocate genocide, but we will advocate everyone just breaking all the rules and figuring out the ways to live uh, among each other or among ourselves, whichever choices are right for you. So with that said, thank you for this. Uh, listen to this bonus episode. The Bleak Outlook. And can nobody tell us nothing? Nah, man. Nothing. Can nobody tell me nothing?
And sorry, uh, Shazir Zamata. I'll, I'll get it right one day. Ha, ha, ha.